Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of StrongCast. I'm your host, Armstrong Williams. You know, when you start out in life, um, you leave home, go to college, and you end up in whatever city uh, you decide to make your mark in, all of us meet people, we meet strangers, and they're strangers at the time. But sometimes what we forget, and this, this platform today is really about the importance of relationships that sustains you through the tough times, through, through the good times, but also, especially when you meet someone who sort of have the same ambition, the same kind of relationship with their parents, uh, and same character, same integrity. And I met these guys in the early 80s in Washington, D.C. They were attending law school at Georgetown University. And <laughs> I gotta tell you this story, we really met. But what is amazing, if you think about over the years, we've attended our parents' funerals, we've gone through that loss, we've known each other's families, we stay in contact. We were in, I was in their weddings and I spoke at the weddings. And so I want you to know that these are real rooted relationships. And we wanna talk about today about relationships and how important they are. And when you meet someone, you meet their character and what you can build and grow together as a result of trust, loyalty, and just plain old common sense. So let me introduce my posse. This is really my posse. These are my dogs. <laughs> Kim, what's up, boy? Kim, what's up, Kim? Look at here, Kim. What's up, Tabu? Tabu, Tabu. Can you believe that? How many years? How many years ago? Thirty-three, 33 years, years ago, ago, we met you. So tell them. You guys tell the story of Des. They thought I was a shyster when we met. These guys. Go ahead, uh, so, okay, so uh, so so Tom and I met in law school uh, in the uh, in the line to get books, and uh, first day, first day, first day. I'm right behind him, and uh, he's uh, he's dressed up in a suit, I think. Had a, yes, had it a, was. Had a suitcase, always had a briefcase, up. always dressed up. I was in jeans and stuff. We got to know each other. He's looking for a place to live. Yes, needs I'm a place to live. Else. So so we had seen there was a there was a board there in the basement of the law school that had uh, places for rent and pulled one of the numbers off. And so Tom said, hey, would you go with me and check us out? I'm trying to find a place to live. I said, sure, you know. So anyway, so we go, we, we want, I guess we took a cab, did we take a cab? Well, you could have walked, it was so we close. Walked, we walked over to your place. close, come on. We walked over to your place and, uh, and, and here comes this guy, comes out in his big flowing tunic. Tunic. <laughs> Imagine me in a tunic, go ahead guys. Tunic. <laughs> He's got a tunic on. Uh, and we're thinking beads and and we go, we take a look at the I don't remember the place. What was yeah, it? Yeah, it was three nineteen. It was two bedroom place. Right across from the Senate office building. I mean right. it was a fabulous place. Nice even more fabulous now, but as we'll we'll get into that. Go ahead, Tom. Well, we were kinda of wondering what was what the deal was and you walked us up to the show us the place and as we're going up there are pictures on the wall of Armstrong with every celebrity you could point out at the time, you know, uh, Richard Pryor and the president and Strong Senator and, 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 and it's not just a picture on the bottom. It's like from, from, yeah. from the president. <laughs> Thanks for the help Armstrong. Yeah. And we're going, who's this guy in a tunic? <laughs> who's the guy in a tunic? <laughs> with the president saying, thanks for the help. But, but suffice to say, they did not rent the place. No. They found a better place, but guess what? They got something better than rent. Yes. It was the budding of a friendship. Well, I, at that moment, we said, at that well, moment. we're not going to, uh, I don't think this is a place will work for us, but but you invited us to dinner that night. Yes. Oh, and did she we sure have dinner? Did. Yeah, we had we dinner. Did, yeah, did yeah, I yeah. pay? 
No. no. I don't think so. <laughs> are you kidding me? What do you mean, are you kidding me? What do you mean, are you kidding me? So we, we had it just turned into an incredible 33 year relationship. Here we are friendship uh, And at the time you guys finished law school went in our very careers and, and our careers have taken interesting turns along the way talk about um, your, your career Tom Well, I went from law school. I went the traditional route I went and worked at a law firm <laughs> after law school and in those days in the late 80s the economy was strong so it was uh, People were getting hired all the time, and I got a job and worked at a law firm. Even, even the lawyers that weren't very good. Even got the lawyers jobs. that weren't very good, <laughs> they would take anybody. And so I worked in Chicago at a firm named Scadden Arps for. I would visit you in Chicago for a number of years, and then I I had an opportunity to go into a company where I went and uh, in Minnesota, and I worked for them for 20 years, and that was my route to this moment. Now, Kim has always been a serial entrepreneur. He, he wasn't really good at I'm, working I could somebody. never get a job. Yeah. Oh, Tom, remember <laughs> we used to go to um, Memphis, Tennessee, to Kim's pig cookings? Yeah, Memphis barbecue. Memphis barbecue. We would barbecue. always go to And I ended up hiring your brother. You sure he was did. my first producer. Isn't that interesting? Grill. And Who what's amazing. Fox it was, so as I was getting dressed, come over here, I was watching Fox and Friends. He's hosting Fox and Friends this morning. Grim. Yeah, no, the guy that you you started him. You I started him in the. I forgot in the, about that. Yeah. He succeeded in spite of that. Grim Jenkins, who's on Fox News, is Kim's little brother. Yeah. And this is how it all started. It was at one of those barbecues. He was looking for a career, and he came to Washington. He worked for us for several years, and he was really fantastic. You got him on the right track. You really did. Wow. He learned a lot from you. Wow, that's really interesting. So, talk, Kim, talk about your. Um, professional trajectory. Yeah, so my last year of law school, I got involved in uh, with a company that was uh, getting started out of D.C. Uh, it ended up being successful. It's a company called Metasys. Uh, I was there for a year or two. Um, and then I've been involved in several growth stage companies, a music studio in Memphis for about 10 years. And then uh, uh, most recently, I helped found a company in 98 out of Johns Hopkins. Uh, we took it public, and I'm chairman of that company. Wow. You know, you know what's amazing is that here's the here's the thing. We've met a lot of people along the way, but you we have uh, we have been blessed. You know, guys, we've really been blessed. But I, I think it's important for people, especially young people, going to cities who are us now, even though we are far more stable. You families, what can people learn from the early years about relationships and getting on track, finding the right career, finding what it, what it that you really want to do? and do it and find the fulfillment, find satisfaction, and also mastering it. What are those easy, quick lessons, Tom, that you can pass along from your early life? Well, I think a bond that we all have in common is, is family. Yeah. And certainly the, those are the things that I fell back on early in life to guide how I'd want to work, whether it was in law school, working hard to do well, or early in my career, working hard at the office, that all came from family, you know, understanding family. And that was a dynamic I think we all uh, shared, closeness to family and knowing that family would hold us accountable if we uh, stepped out of line. And we've always held each other accountable. I never, I also remember early on in the friendship, Tom's brothers were coming to Washington, D.C. And you know, I was into real estate. So I invited them to stay at Beekman Place. Yeah. And they were, they were my guests. So it's interesting, we hit the ground running. Yeah. You know how sometimes it takes you months and sometimes years to warm the people? 
It's just, but the world has changed now. Um, the trust and building relationships is not like it was when we were coming along. It was much more easy then. So there's so many other things that goes into play where you become more suspicious of people, distrustful of people. Even with Tom, I was with Tom in, uh, early in the year at the Super Bowl. I had a friend of mine who was a big time star coming over. Uh, he was in town because he wanted to meet. And I said to Tom, so my buddy's coming over. I need to give him your home address. He said, you're going to invite somebody to my house? I don't know them. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know them. But it reminded me. I mean, he, you should have seen his reaction. He said, I got my family here, my children. I have to be careful. And it reminded me of what we've become in, in the world, yeah. about people we've become so suspect. Even with people that has credibility with people that we know, we're always suspicious. That's the mindset we, found that we find ourselves with now. I'll tell you what, though, uh, Armstrong, you said something a minute ago, trust, to use that word. And trust, I mean, that's... That's the that's the the bedrock of a relationship that goes 33 years. You know, I mean, it's trust, and it's that deep that deep relationship we have, and it's and 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 you build it, and you earn it over time. But but we know we can trust each other, and oh, and, and, and we can know you, we can trust each other to be honest. When yeah. if, if if I if you know I've made plenty of mistakes, you guys would say, hey Kim, you need to go right, not left. You're making a you're making a mistake here, but that trust is is key. And, and I, I don't think there's that. Building that trust, people want to make everything happen in a hurry. It doesn't happen in a hurry. It takes time. And I think sometimes people want to measure success by wealth and accomplishments. But I, I will always say to people, I'm so proud of the fact that the people that were close to me in the beginning remain my closest friends today. Yes. And to me, that's the richness of life is where are you in your relationships? If they keep changing like the wind and like you change clothes, it says a lot about your character. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, one of my issues that I have uh, with the president, and, you know, I'm very fond of him, I've known him a long time, is that the revolving door and the chaos of people always leaving. Nobody stays, and they're betraying each other and backstabbing each other. And that's no way to run any organization, and operation. And, and obviously, you just cannot thrive or reach your true potential in that kind of environment. And so when I look at a situation like this and I say to myself, they don't really know him. He doesn't know the people that he employed. And when you don't know people, um, they're subject to betrayal. That's yeah. the lesson in the White House. You don't have that foundation of trust. You don't have that foundation. And you can see the impact that it has on the country of all the things that he's doing. I mean, you look at what he's doing with North Korea. If it plays out and goes well to perfection, he's deserving of the Nobel Peace Prize. And, mm -hmm. what, and then when he took the bully pulpit against China on the tariffs and how that played out in his tax cuts. But all those things get lost in the chaos. Yep. Well, I think that's true. You can have too much turnover or too little turnover. And I applaud the president for finding people that w agree with his vision and they can execute his vision. So, you know, while there's been a lot of turnover, I think hopefully he'll put together a team that can stick with him the rest of the, the time in, in office. And I'm, I'm encouraged by that. But you don't throw your team under the bus. You don't criticize I'm not commenting public. on that. I'm you just saying. You know, no, I'm just saying that. It's just a fact. You got, if you expect loyal, you have to be loyal. It has to come from the top. And I will always say this to the top of the mountain. Unless the president, I mean, if you're upset with Sessions, you tell Sessions. You don't air it out through Twitter and in the public. You just mm -hmm. don't do that or anybody else. Yeah. Because you, loyalty starts from the top. Yeah. It really does. Everything starts from loyalty. Because without loyalty, there's no trust. Yeah. And there's no credibility. And so what happens is that you keep having this turnover. Uh, and so why do I raise this point? Because sometimes people just don't invest 
and the relationships that they have. They don't give the time, the integrity that's necessary, because really that's what brings about your true wealth and your true worth in the long run are the relationships that you have around you that sustains you. So a minute ago you said you think it was easier to build relationships back when we were starting than it is today. Why do you think that? Um, media was different. Expectations are different. Parenting was different. Um, learning was different. Um, government was different. Uh, when we were coming along, people had expectations of us. Uh, we were expected not only to succeed and set an example for our siblings, but we were expected to do it with honor mm -hmm. uh, and with dignity. I mean, we live in a society today where cheating and lying and committing adultery is welcome and celebrated. I mean, it generates ratings. Those are the kinds of things we don't have to deal with when we're coming along. And also, we're all old school. We're old fashioned. We believe yeah. that you got to get eight hours of sleep. You, we, more you, or less. More. Well, yeah, yeah, you, we believe that. So we come from a different mindset. We believe that it's important to find time to read a book every week, yeah. to continue our education. We find, now Tom is a, a pilot, a heavy in the aviation. I, we'll never forget the investment that he made to become yeah. a pilot and flies over plane. And in your business, you're constantly learning. You can't afford to be strung out on drugs or OPRs and drinking. No. And my mother used to tell me all the time, if you're big enough to do something, doesn't mean you should do it. I think people think that they can burn it all at midnight and still accomplish during the day. And it just doesn't work that way. Something's going to give. The dam's going to break somewhere. Great things take time. That's really true, I think. And, you know, I don't know if it's harder today to form long-lasting relationships, but I think people have less um, focus and patience that, that want instant results, instant uh, feedback on social media, instant affirmation and a lot of those things take time and, and focus as you just said yeah. patience and so maybe it is more of a challenge today but the tool people have all the tools to make deep lasting connections they just maybe are atrophying in the current climate look success can mean many things to different people obviously we've done well but we've done well because our foundation was couldn't have been any better both parents our fathers are our heroes. Our mothers were our queens. We honored them. We never have conflicts with our siblings. Our brothers are our best friends. And so we've always had that foundation. And, and when you have that kind of foundation, you have a, a shot at doing something pretty special in this lifetime. Not saying that if you did not come from that environment, because we see people coming from those environments all the time, who also, they do very well. But we're beginning to see that there's a serious breakdown in the family. You yes. can see it in the killings at these schools. You can see it in these terrorist attacks. There's a serious <clears throat> breakdown. There's a serious miscommunication. Because listen, guys, when we're coming along, what we're seeing today was unimaginable. Yeah. True. So the values and we're in this moral relativism that we find ourselves in today, that people did to determine what's right and wrong for themselves, and then they set in their mind as long as they're not offending anybody else. I mean, so values have been dumbed down in the society. That's why for me, as a media owner, I will never compromise having a strong message of values and virtues and a way that people should live throughout the programming of our shows all across the country. So let me ask you this. So we benefited, the three of us, from that firm foundation that our parents laid, right? The sacrifices that our moms and dads made. Is some of what we're seeing today with the younger generation our generation's fault? Did we not lay that foundation down the same way that our parents did? Well, you know what? 
I actually think it's a spiritual illness. Mm. I think so so often we look for answers in what we can see in in the physical. And I and I come back to the president. Uh, I, I think what the president's weakness is, is that he never has to worry about people destroying him or harming him because he does a better job at it than anybody else. And, and what do I mean by that? I just think that even the president ascending to the highest office in the land, he's never fulfilled. He's empty. He never feels he's good enough. He's never feel he's worthy enough. He needs to be assured. That comes from a spiritual disconnect with yeah. a higher being and a higher order. Because I remember one of my favorite quotes in the Bible, our souls are restless, O Lord, until they rest in thee. And so the president needs this reaffirmation because he's not rooted into a moral anchor. And when you're not rooted into a moral, moral anchor, nothing will ever satisfy you. The president continues to do. I don't know if you saw that cabinet meeting a few months ago where everybody was just praising him. Um, like Caesar, a secure man, a man at peace with his accomplishments and in his character, does not need that kind of reaffirmation. And I think what you see today in a lot of young people, um, they're lonely, they're empty, they don't have guidance, they have thoughts of suicide, they have thoughts of killing their parents, they have thoughts of killing their friends, and, and unless something comes in to give them a reality check to stop those kind of thoughts, you will see the point where they will carry these thoughts out. Only morality and a spiritual connection can guide you, because you look at these kids that come from these wealthy families, they have all the money in the world, all the opportunities in the world, but yet they feel empty. And we don't talk about spiritual nourishment and morality and finding something greater than ourselves because it's just not cool and people just think it's just, it's ridiculous. They think we sound crazy. But you and I, all, we, all of us know, even in raising your children, raising your children, that moral foundation, taking them to church, reaffirming something greater is critical to their success. You know, I read, and I wish I could remember the author, but... Uh, <clears throat> He had this image of everybody having a God-sized hole in their being. And the you, you, you try to fill that hole with money, doesn't fill it up. With fame, uh, uh, intelligence, relationships, all that, that. The only thing that will fill that hole is God. That fills it up, now you've got a solid foundation. I like that image. It's just not. That's the, brilliant. The other pieces don't, they yeah, don't fill it. Can't. And that's what's missing with our president, with young people. Because I'll never forget um, when he was on the camera tra trail, and I think he was in Iowa, he made this comment. He said, never had a reason to ask God for forgiveness. Now, he was proud of that. This is what the president said. He was very proud of it. I didn't, I didn't hear I didn't that hear quote. I couldn't make that claim. I couldn't make that claim. Hey, hey, I'm too old. Oh, I said, oh, brother, brother. Yeah. Nah. But that says it all. Never had a reason to ask for forgiveness. That's why. He never has a reason to apologize, to say, I'm sorry. Wow. Yes, it goes all back to that. Hmm. But the good news is. I have no what to say about that. There's nothing to say. <laughs> it, says, it, says, it says it for itself. So, so the part that we're talking about now, having values, having character, and having integrity. None of us have to be perfect. Can't be perfect. But it's the progression that matters. And at least we can see of the things that we've done before, that we were not proud of, we're better human beings today. You've got to see progress in this thing called the human evolution as we continue to evolve. And because you and I, we all wake up every day. We understand we want to do good. We want to be good people. We really do. Yeah. It's just, that's the only way you're going to sustain the kind of peace and the level of success that continues in our life. Because you just don't want it to yourself. That's why 
success, failure, whatever you want to call it, is passed down five generations deep. Whatever you as a parent, whatever you as a parent does in your life will impact your children and your great children and great grandchildren for generations to come. Yep. It's not just about what you do today. It's the impact that it will have for generations to come. You had a great saying about wisdom and judgment. What wisdom was it? Wisdom comes from experience. <laughs> And experience comes from having had bad judgment. That's it. Yeah. I love that saying. That's a great one. Yeah. Yes. I think I have a lot of wisdom. <laughs> yes. I know you've made a lot of mistakes. I know that. But, but look, I know we're wrapping this up. Didn't I tell you guys it's going to be easy? That's I mean, fine. Because so we're just sharing pearls of wisdom and experience with people that so desperately need it. But we also find ways to have fun in life. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun. Um, so, Tom, what is it like flying that plane, man? My man got his own private jet. You haven't flown on it yet. That tells me something. But you landed <laughs> it at, at, the, at Marion County Airport when you came out for my mother's birthday party. That's right. I've I flown have, on it. Oh, yeah, he can, he can now. fly. You that's sold that right. plane. He can do it. I've been doing it for a long time, and it's a great, it's a magic carpet. Where it's one of our great freedoms in this country to be able to get in an airplane and fly it where you want to go and uh, take people and do it safely. It's a great uh, passion and uh, privilege to do it, and I get to do it still. I was at an event last night at the National Air and Space Museum where we got to uh, listen to one of the astronauts who flew the space shuttle Discovery and who's one of the members of this group I'm involved in and talking about that culture of safety and how it could uh, improve our own safety as pilots. It's just a great, wonderful, uh, passion in life, so we get to have that fun too. Hey, now you talk about trust. That's a lot of trust. You talk about trust. I've gotten in the plane with him, just the two of us. <laughs> yes. He sits down over here. I'm sitting, and you know, we I'm like, and if I didn't trust him, I wouldn't get on that plane. But I will say another thing. I ask him. I said, now, you know, you're getting older. <laughs> if you have a heart attack, what do I what do I do? Because I'm the only guy in the, in the airplane. You could die. <laughs> well, he told me I got to ask you again for tomorrow. You got to tell me what to do. Yeah. If you yeah, we'll, over. We'll, we'll have a, a no, he can fly though. He's a great pilot. And well, Tom I, I has been him. at it for Tom has been at it for a while. And see, Tom is quiet. You know, Tom is not as flamboyant as Kim. <laughs> as who? As who? As who? who does all the talking? <laughs> well, you we can't sit here and have dead time. It would be boring. Because if I did pin it on Tom, we'd be in trouble today. Tom That's is very right. magic. I have a personality made for the library. For the library. No, for the for the courtroom. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. it's for the library and, and, and the courtroom. But yes, but I, I am proud. We're proud of each other. Uh, your successes are extension of ours. And it's a wonderful thing. I'm telling you, I am just so proud of my brothers here and what you've become with your families. You know, I was a Tom, like I said, in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, and I got a chance to spend time with his wife, Amara, and the kids, and I just bonded with the family. You know, it's my family, yeah. too, and uh, I just felt like I was there with my brother. Uh, and then, Kim, you're two, you're two, you're boy and girl, they're grown. They're about grown. Yeah, man. I got one getting out of college, uh, going to his graduation next weekend, week from yesterday. I was not invited to that. Tom, were you invited? No, I'm not. That's I'm a upset. problem, yeah. Thought, Salt Lake City, University of Utah, you guys can come. I got a, I got a room for you, you know at the Grand American. Come you on. know what's happening in Salt Lake City? I'm at a TV station there. Hey, come on over. Yes. Come on. KUTV. You can cover come on. the graduation. You can cover the graduation. No, I want to be there for my friend. I was not invited? My son, come on. Did, yeah, you, no, have, you, did you think about it? Uh, Armstrong, <laughs> I'd love for you to come to Max's graduation. It's next Friday. You too, Tom. Thanks. Hey, Tom will pick you up on this plane and bring you over. And my daughter is a sophomore at Villanova. 
in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. They just won the basketball uh, wow. the national championship. City, City of Champions. The City of Champions, City absolutely. Of champ it looks like the Eagles, uh, the 76ers are going to win the NBA, uh, win it all this year. Now, that would be unprecedented if that happened, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that'd be incredible. Yeah. That'd be unbelievable. They would be riding everywhere. The city would be burned down if they get another championship. I'm sorry. That was not cool, was it? That was not cool. I just saw Xavier's expression. He was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Now clean that up. So I need to clean up. Just have another. But look, guys. Hey, I tell you what, though, Armstrong. Walking through here after meeting him 33 years ago, we walked through. Wait, how many employees in this one location, you said? Too many. Too many. A lot of employees here. And uh, it's incredible what you've done since we met you on the street in that tunic. <laughs> Unbelievable, the media empire you built. We it's all, a testament to, to your ability. What we all have done. You know, I never focus on success. I just focus on always trying to build my character and be a better person every day. But look, the Lord's good. The Lord's good. You know, you lost your father. You lost your father. My parents are gone. That's the, that's the equalizer. Yeah. It reminds us just how insignificant we all are because we're all going to leave here. And at least we should leave a legacy behind. Gotcha. Uh, that make the country better than the way we found it when we came in this place. And look, we continue to make our parents proud. And that's the thing, we want to make them proud. Because in reality, they never die. They always live within us. They always shine through us. So guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us for the Strong Cats Got My Boys. At, the Boys in Town. Isn't there a movie <laughs> called Boys Town? What? What? The boys are back. Boys the boys are boys back. Town. Well, you know, I'm in be? the business where we can make we can make the movie. Did you call this a strong, cast? Strong, strong cast. cast? strong cast. Strong cast. It is strong cast. Strong cast. Strong cast. You laughing, Tom? <laughs> it's not strong medicine. <laughs> uh, it's good. I like that. You like strong it? Cast. Why are you chuckling? Why are you chuckling about? Well, I, I'm thinking about the ringtone on your phone. Oh, and, strong, and, yes. and, and, Branding, and, Tom. Branding. Yeah, I, you are good at branding. Good at branding, What's man. What's the ringtone what? on his phone? I think you should play it. Give everybody a little taste. You got your phone with you? Give you got your phone with you? You want me to call your name? You want me to brand it Tom? What do you want me to call it? This is Armstrong, baby. But anyhow. I'm calling your number right that's now. It I, want strong this, I want to hear oh, this no, no, ringtone. That's it for Strong Cast. <laughs> We're out of here. Tom, Kim, my guys. So long, everybody. I'm Armstrong Williams.